0: Lace up your boots and grab your mouth guards. It's time for The Rugby Rap, the podcast about all things Western Force and the game we love. Well, hello and welcome to The Rugby Rap, have your company once again as we take a look at what's happening in the world of rugby. My name is Mick Collis and I'll be joined by my two accomplices fairly soon. But in the meantime, it's my pleasure to welcome this week's special guest, a man who should be in a pretty good mood, all things considering. It's the CEO of The Western Force, Tony Lewis. And Tony, thanks for your time on The Rugby Rap.
1: Uh, pleasure to be here and it's good to see you flying solo <laughs> Now
0: before, before we get into the force, just to give our listeners a bit of background I know you played club rugby here in Perth Can you tell us who you played for and then what you've done in between then and now?
1: Yeah, so I started off my rugby career many years ago in New Zealand schools, New Zealand Colts, All Black Sevens, South Island Played for Otago at the young age of 23, I got a bad knee injury America's Cup thought I'd come over here, finish my degree and see how much alcohol could tip down my throat <laughs> as a young 23 year old. Uh, quickly realised I'd run out of money quick, ended up getting a job at Trinity College and uh, a, a bloke called Steve Leahy who played for West and I think he's still at Trinity. He said to me, why don't you come down and have a run around for West? So I hobbled around for two years on a, on a one leg, thoroughly enjoyed myself, had a couple games for WA on the wing. Um, and then head off to, to London. So that was my time here. Ended up in London for 12 plus years. Coached with Ian McGeekin for a couple of years professionally, which was good fun, but mainly worked. And then from there, New Zealand uh, in the late 2000s, sorry, the early 2000s, decided a career change and started working for Cricket Australia. Um, and then New South Wales and their high performance team. And then from there, executive of Ramwick Rugby Club, and then across to the ditch where I did uh, eight years with the the Tasman Marco, and now I'm here.
0: You had had good success with the Marco. What's the sort of the main difference you've noticed so far between them and and the force? Oh, look, uh,
1: there's not a hell of a lot of difference in in lots of ways. Everything's quite similar. Um, I think in the last two weeks, uh, there's no surprise. There's a direct correlation between uh, performances on the pitch. I'm not talking about the result. I'm talking about the way we've played. I think that first 15 minutes against the Waratahs last week is probably some of the best rugby the Force have played for quite some time. And if the referee had understood that uh, Jeremy had no control of the ball whatsoever until he forced it, we're going to be 21 5 up. Mm. And I think we're in a a good space. So from my perspective, um, that's a very positive. We're just uh, one of the things in New Zealand that we do really differently to everyone else in rugby is it's very much uh, play what's in front of you. Um, it's very much player-led um, and player-driven, and especially by the leadership group. So we've made some fundamental changes in that space. We did some mid-season checkpoints, and players were seeking a bit of clarity. So you've seen those changes take place, and also Matt's moved into a more hands-on role um, um, with the team, which which they were, which I think is going to be the, the benefit for everyone. So early days, taking no credit for anything. Um, we want to build something pretty special here um, and i think at the moment we've we've delivered a competitive team just probably not a team that can rack up a whole, whole whole lot of points but i know queensland don't want us to make the final they said that after we played up up in queensland so let's hope that we can do the do the business this weekend
0: yeah there's a couple of things i want to pull out of what you just said then so one is is Jeremy Thrush still claiming that try
1: I'm not sure if he is, um, because he's still moaning the fact that I said that he should have been shot like a horse (laughs) after he went down. Um, But, look, it was right in front of me. Um, I explained to uh, the the referee who works for Rugby WA, who's a sideline ref, I explained to him what scoring a try is, and he argued back. And I said, what's the difference between having no control over the ball until you put it down on a 22? Which it would be a twenty-two, and that's what that's what Jeremy had. At no stage did he have the ball in his mitt or in his hand or any control until he put the exactly ball down. down. Yep. and and he tried to argument that argue with me that they were different, and they're not different. It's just poor officiating in my book.
0: Yeah, I think it is certainly the effort certainly deserved to try, and and you were talking about so your so your role as CEO that filters down to the way that you want the Western Force to play their rugby.
1: My role is, is I'm chief executive of the business, um, and and the best way for us to sell tickets is to follow the simple f- philosophy: we're here to win. Mm-hmm. If we win, the crowd will come back, and if and if we play really good, attractive rugby, people will want, want to come to that. So I'm not ever going to get involved in the nitty gritty of tactics and selections. As, as I say to everyone, my team never gets to play and I tell that to the rest of the staff. So let's just keep our mouths shut and move on. But I'll put the structures in place to make sure that every week there's we've left no stone unturned, that all the one percenters are ticked off and I think we're moving in
0: the right direction. And that style, that sort of heads-up rugby as you talk about, is that not only for the fans but also from a recruiting? Because obviously that's a it's a nice style for players to want to play. Yeah, look, I, 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 rugby's got really
1: structured, um, you know, incredibly structured. And if you look at the Waratahs last week, um, when they played what was in front of them, they looked really, really classy. Yeah, that, that and and I think they've got a very good young team coming through, and and they've got nothing to worry about as, as they move forward. Um, so playing what's in front, if you keep on playing to prescribed patterns of play, mm-hmm. you'll miss those opportunities. Um, and so, for example, Jeremy Thrush's non try that was pre-planned. They were going to hit it up. They are going to set themselves up. And Jake Gordon was going to kick the ball up. But not one minute did he look that he got himself on the wrong side. Yeah. Um, he didn't have enough people support or that horrible snail or worm-type formation they do um, um, these days. So... I think the fans want to see the players playing what's in front of them. And I know the players just want to have a go because they want to put their skills and show how, show everyone how, how, how good they are. And in the last eight minutes, if you looked at the, the try that we constructed, that was quite outstanding play.
0: It certainly was. And so are you happy where the Western Force is at at the moment?
1: I'll be happy when um, the results fall our way. We're in charge of our own destiny. We make, this, make the... Uh, Semi-final, and then I'll be that there will be happiness, and then hopefully, um, I believe well, I know we've got the team to beat the Brumbies, mm. um, and if you think of all things logically, we will be battle-hardened because we've had to play five grand finals in five weeks, so it should put us in a, in a good position. So, I couldn't be more happy with where we're going at the moment. Uh, I love the job, and it's good fun.
0: Yeah. So, so off the field, are you happy with where the organisation is at?
1: Oh look, like all organizations, um, when you come in, you have a wee look around and you see what it you know, what it looks like, what can we do better, et cetera, et cetera. I've got a couple of things. We've got to get commercially more savvy. Um, we're gonna get you know, I would love to get fifteen thousand people into the ground this weekend, but you know, as I said before, we're here to win. If we start winning consistently, people come to watch the, the game. So I think um in year one, as I call it, um it's ground zero. We've got ourselves a competitive team. We're putting on, I believe I've never seen a pre-match entertainment and halftime like it. Um you you don't get that in in, in NZ um at all. You just get a curtain raiser if you're lucky. And then get the game. And then go home. So couldn't be more happy with the way the staff is. The front office is going very well. And we're working really, really hard to get every part of the business working well. If I had something that I like to have perfection, is to look at how we can uh, have the best academy in the in the in the country and that's got to be our objective because if we are tr- that's one thing we did in Tasman that I want to put in place here we we established a world-class academy program that brought world-class players at the age of 18 into our city and they went into our clubs and they lifted the club c- competition immensely
0: so how, how do you do that I think it's a terrific idea and you would have no one Arguing against that, but how, how do you do that? What's the biggest stumbling block? I, I,
1: there's no stumbling blocks. I, I'm not a believer. I believe every problem has a solution. The brightest bloke I ever worked with told me once, Tony. I love the chat, but never come in here with a problem. Come in with a solution. Yep. So we've just we've got to come up with some solutions. I think the first solution is is that we need to we need to drill down on the type of player that's running around in sport in WA. Mm-hmm get them into our academies early, um, tune them through, get the good ones. Also look at hunting the best six or seven players on the Eastern Seaboard as they're leaving school every year and know where all the good players are. And, and that's the key. Get our academy running so it's, it's not impinging their ability to study or their ability to get a trade and uh, go from there. And if you've got a, an academy program that's world-class, the players will want to come. If you've got a team that's winning, the players who want to come to the the academy, and if you can add to the bonus of that, and that's one of the things I always look back in, in my career. Is that when I, at the age of twenty three, when I got injured, I had a couple of degrees behind me, and Bob's uncle, and every job I've had since then has had something to do with rugby. So I would I would say that if we can get the guys studying, get them into degrees, get them into the clubs that are going to uh, support what we're trying to achieve. And get those clubs to support the players. We've got a very good chance. Is it going to happen in 2022? Uh, no, but the building blocks will be in place in, t- in 2022 to-, to make it work. It's exciting. And so, so what are the long
0: term plans for the force? Is it is it staying Super Rugby?
1: No, because we're in Super Rugby for forever now. So we've got an agreement with Rugby Australia. So um, we, we're yet to sign it. They've offered us a five year. Um, license, so we're, we'll go. We're meeting them tomorrow, and we'll uh, discuss what a perpetual license looks like compared to a five-year. Yeah. Um, so we're not we're not going anywhere. So we're in, we're in, we're in super. So that that's the easy part. Um, what we want to do be is quite simple. Andrew Forrest wants to have the best team in super rugby in Australia. He wants to then have the best team in the Australasia competition, and then he wants to have a dig at this World Club Championship, which is going to take place in the near future. So those are all the. Simple things. Behind that, um, we want to have the best academy program in the country, and that'll be, that'll underpin the club competition, which would be absolutely super if that could uh, if that happens. Because we know if there's a strong club comp, everything will flow from that quite, quite easily. Mm-hmm. So that's the aim, the objective. And the last thing is, is that we want to grow that group of um, supporters that we have that every week they want to get down to HBF Park and watch the game.
0: And have you got any any new initiatives on the horizon? Uh, probably not the right time to, you know,
1: after only being in the in the job for 30 days. Um, We've got an initiative this week, which is um, bring two mates to the, to the game. Um, so, you know, I, I sat at the members bar on um, last Saturday, last Saturday, went around each table and had a good chat to every person there. And there's some great members who've been there for a long, long time, probably were there when Mitch was playing. Um, so... And encourage them. Bring a couple of mates because I'll tell you now, there's no team in New Zealand who will have a pre-match entertainment like they had last week. So get them down, great field. And if the team's playing well, everyone will enjoy themselves.
0: Yeah, it's certainly. The atmosphere is, is fantastic. I, I was sitting on the sideline with Andrew Mertens and Justin Harrison and they were both blown away. And they see a lot of rugby and they're um, really impressed by what the force put on it. It's It's a great show. It's, it's, it's an entertaining spectacle. It's fantastic. me Mitch Hardy. Let's just join us, Mitch. Good to see you.
2: Hello, Mick. Hello, Tony. Welcome to the Rugby Wrap. It's nice to be back for another yeah. week. Sorry, I was a little bit late coming in. The, the uh, had to get away from work, and the little legs only pedal so fast, <laughs> fast on the pushy. Lovely to have you on the show this week, Tony. Um, Mick's got Cheers. all we've loaded Mick up with all the questions, mate, as the quiz master. So, um, yeah, looking forward to uh joining in on the discussion.
0: And so the next one on our list, Tony, is there's been plenty of rumours floating around during the season about the force operating under a different set of restrictions to the other states. Any truth to those? Uh, If you read the paper last
1: week, uh, you would have seen that I refuted those, Mick, um, quite uh, strongly. uh, Just an absolute load of rubbish. Um, I don't know. Rob Penny's a bloody good bloke, actually, and I'm surprised he even said those. But we have to operate in the same salary cap, Rules as everyone else Um, In fact I go as far as to say we Operate significantly below What everyone else is um, um, Enjoying, we don't get any uh, Wallaby top up, Uh, I think the Brumbies are about 1.8, Queensland About 1.7 The Rebels are about 1.3 And I think the Tars are about Three or four hundred thousand, I think we've got 80,000 As a a top up, so we're significantly Below everyone else when you look At the salary cap, so uh, I'm not sure what figures other people are looking at, but they're not the same ones as, as I am. That's for sure.
0: So how frustrating is that for the organisation and, and for you when you hear those sorts of rumours?
1: Well, it's a bit like the Hollanders moaning about the Crusaders. Um, you know, if you're good enough, the academy program's good, good enough and you're developing your players, um, then that that's a luxury. Um, mm. I, 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 if I've got a criticism, I, I'm not a great uh, believer in stacking and racking, um, so... I believe that there's there's teams out there that got, you know, uh, four Wallaby props or, you know, yeah. a whole lot of players. In, and I don't think Australian rugby strong enough to have those players who could be pushing for Wallaby selection sitting on the bench and not playing. I'm not saying that derogatory is strong enough. I don't believe New Zealand teams either or... English teams, you've got to have your best players playing and and week out. So there's no point having the best four props all in one um, mm. super team. Not that that's happening. It's just my, my 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 personal point of view.
2: So Tony, just on just on that front with the um, the way it's structured at the moment, just just for the listeners out there. So do, does the Western Force get a, a slice of the broadcast deal that was signed up?
1: Yeah, yeah, we have the same slice as everyone else. We just don't get yeah. the uh, international top ups.
2: Yeah, and what about? Well, that's great. That's great to hear that that's coming away. And what about on the international player front? So, obviously, there used to be the rule where there was X amount of international players allowed. Does that apply to the force as well?
1: So, obviously, um, all the all the other states have uh, significant um, international players. We were asked to join late into the competition. So they gave us a dispensation to uh, bring in some foreign internationals to strengthen up our group and I think we've been well served by our, um, our Argentinian friends.
2: Yeah and isn't it great to see their combinations coming to the fore um, even though it's late in the combination the competition per se, but it's wonderful to see those combinations starting to really um, take shape, especially last last weekend's match.
1: yeah they're quite, they're quite outstanding.
2: And it's been well documented too the the value that people like Richard Kahui brings to the table as far as the team unit itself and, and Tim Sampson spoke to that a few weeks back. But I think that was also evident and something that you can build on as a franchise to have that type of experience around to be able to attract players from elsewhere as well. Yeah, look, I, I
1: was telling Matt um, this, this this morning, the best recruiters that I've ever seen are the players and, and so we've had Richard in the last couple of days speaking to a couple of players that we're trying to prize out of um, different places, whether it's bringing people home who are ex-West Australians without not giving too much away or where, um, or whether it's attracting that talent that's being stacked and racked in and, 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 and other places. And I know when the young players speak to Richard, um, it, it's very good. Mitch was asking about club rugby and I, and I said to him, it's very important. That the that the players are playing club, club rugby In the last couple of weeks We had 14 last week Sorry, 14 the week before and 17 um, um, this week So we'll have the players playing club rugby um, And that's you know, very, very important to us That we, we develop that but Part of the, the relationship And more importantly The players need to play And the best place to improve your game And make mistakes and learn Is by playing club rugby with your mates
2: yeah, and that's right. And I think it goes hand in glove, Tony, with the, the way the club system can support that Western Force uh, player system as well as vice versa. And the, the advocacy role that those players can play can't be um, underestimated. I mean, it's great to see them out there playing the game, but but also that advocacy role in and amongst the clubs, working with the, um, the kids and and doing that advocacy for the game in the States. Yeah, look, traditionally... last week,
1: as, as talking before, I went down to watch my old club dressed up to the nines in the, the, uh, the uh, West's um, gear, um, as it was given to, to me to wear. And um, there's that young co straight off the plane, straight down to watch his mates play, um, obviously watching his brother play, but watching his mates play for, for West against Cottesloe. Yeah. And he was just as excited when they won and it into the change rooms afterwards. So you never underestimate the importance of club, club rugby.
0: Yeah, it's great. And I remember when Dickie Hardwick was with university, he'd go away with the force and he, all the wallabies. He'd, he'd ring back on Saturday afternoon to see how his team went. And it, it just means a lot to everyone. Yeah,
2: 100%. Tony, just going back to last Friday night, um, how important was that as a franchise where it's been you know, pretty tough you know, each and out those wins that when you get them, but just how important it is to get that home win from last Friday night against the Waratahs? We
1: just have two in a row is, is really important. To win at home is a must, and we've got to create that cauldron. Uh, I, I think the staff here, and and, and especially Rebecca Rowe um, and her team, have created a, a cauldron of excitement and match day ent- entertainment. Now it's up for us to make sure the players can deliver. It becomes a cauldron. Teams don't want to come here, um, and and it's important. But from my perspective, two wins on the trot was probably more important than anything else. Win this week, that's three. And as I've said in the papers for the last couple of weeks, we have had five grand finals in in a row. We've knocked off two this week, three. And, uh, And I'm confident as we move forward.
0: And, Tony, last question before we do let you go. Any message for the fans leading into this Friday night?
1: Oh, as I said before you know if you i'm i 've played rugby and traveled around the world, and i 've never met supporters like the forces supporters and the passion and you know I was a member when we first started, so how did this person i told her, how good it was, so she's come. So I think if, you know, we want to grow our membership to 10,000 next year and then hopefully 15,000 the year after, and for that to happen, we've got to win on the pitch and we've got to pick the best players and recruit the best players we can and grow the the best players. But we've got to get the supporters and the members each week to bring a new mate. And and, because I took two mates of mine who are Swan District's tragics, and they, they won't even go watch the Eagles play the, play the Dockers. They'll go and watch Swans play. And they left last Friday, last Saturday's game and said it was the best game of live sport they've seen for many a long time. Wow. And so, so that's what we've got to create. Uh, a hostile environment that's not pleasant to come to. It's bloody hard, Perth, because the weather's good, the pitch is fantastic, and the beaches aren't bad either. But <laughs> if we can create a hostile environment with our, spect- with our spectators, our su- supporters... And we have a team that's hissing the whole time. I believe we can get there. And we've got plans in place. That's what we, we want to try and achieve. Um, there's going to be things that are going to stop us as we move forward. But I'm excited to have uh, be in the chair. And I'm excited that we've had
0: two two wins in the trot. and Let's make it three. Yeah, fantastic. Tony. Mate, look, we really do appreciate your time. Um, things certainly heading the right direction. With the force, plenty of support, plenty of good feelings around the game in Western Australia. So well done. And and look, good luck to the whole organisation on Friday night.
1: Cheers, guys. Enjoy your night. Thank you. Thanks, Tony.
0: So that was Tony Lewis, the CEO of the Western Force. And, Mitch, I reckon some of his thoughts about playing attractive rugby and and building up the club competition, he seems to have some good ideas. Well, not even good ideas. They're just – he seems to make sense.
2: Yeah, yeah, very practical approach to running the organisation um, right from the player recruitment side of things all the way through. So how to, how to build a successful franchise and I think really important to dispel the myths out there around the force being on a, on a different playing field yeah, to the yeah. rest of the franchises around Australia. And, you know, going forward, he's got to sort of develop a long-term plan for the franchise and where it's going to be positioned. Um, but also be able to make it attractive to attract really good class player. Top-class mm. player um, to the franchise, but also be able to attract those young people um, who are coming through the system as well. So that blend of youth and experience, which which can lead to some success. And we've seen from the Reds in recent times, you know, sticking with a core group of players does pay off in the long run, um, and then adding talent to that as you go along. And um, you know, there's there's a lot of positive things about Perth. It's never been difficult to attract people to come and play here. Yeah. It's just about Holding on to them and getting to um, play their best rugby whilst they're here. Yeah. Um, and, and not be sitting on the banana lounge on Cottesloe Beach. <laughs> um, but, exactly. But, you know, that the, there is still, my biggest concern is there's such a big gap between Super Rugby and Perth Club Rugby still. It's just an yeah. enormous chasm. Um, so we need to ensure that there's underpinning programs in place like the Perth Gold, which Ben and Logue alluded to the other week to allow for that stepping stone between club rugby and Western Force. And um, the more we can sort of build, have that stepping stone through the Perth gold, um, I think will benefit um, WA Rugby enormously.
0: Yeah, and I, I like the way like he was talking about the academy and, and like looking outside rugby to get kids and, and then getting some, some of the best young players across here. Because coming off what, what Carlo was saying last week, that some of the Waratahs players have got to travel two hours To get to training, and you know, in Perth, if you've got a, if you can make the Western Force successful and have these new guys coming through that want to play that style of rugby for the Force, I mean, to come here as a rugby player and live in Perth and play good quality rugby, you know, it does it. It ticks all the boxes. You know, you can live, you know, ten minutes from training. You've got the beaches, and you're in a successful franchise, which then you know increases your chances of playing for the Wallabies or further honours. It's uh, it's great, but it, it does all come back to those that, and and getting that. If the more kids you've got here, the more kids you've got playing club rugby. Eventually, that will lift that level of club rugby up. But it's um,
2: yeah, and I still think club rugby's got a big part to play. I mean, because they're they're also the people that go along and watch the watch the force games and put bums on seats too. So um, staying engaged with that rugby community is really important, and they've got to feel like they're part of it. Um, yeah. So you know, it's it's you know, fingers crossed that everyone gets out um, in force. Pardon the pun on Friday night, five forty-five kickoff, um, which is a pretty early start on a Friday evening in Perth. But I'm sure people will find a way to get there and enjoy the evening. Because as he said, that they've, they've made a real, um, real effort to make it a real spectacle and a real night out when they go to rugby here in Perth. And that's a real point of difference. Um, in my opinion, that when they come along, when people come along to watch a Western Force game, it's a little bit more than just a rugby game. Yeah. It's a it's a great night out, and you you socialise with your friends and family, but also there's a bit of entertainment around, and um, yeah, it's you know the stadium can really turn it on, and um, they provide pretty good uh, pre match entertainment as well as halftime sort of entertainment. So they do make a really good. They do. They, to, they
0: do a great show. It's a great ground, and it's so noisy. Like for a, for a small ground, it only needs to be half full, and it's so noisy. That's what, you yeah. know, Mertz and, and Googs last week, we just couldn't believe the noise down there on the sideline.
2: Well, that's because they've been at Bankwest Stadium, mate. Yeah. 300 <laughs> people watching a Waratahs <laughs> game in a 40,000-seat stadium. So, that's true. Yeah. yeah and one of the, up, it's
3: yeah, it's one, great opportunities.
0: And one of the other things you can sometimes see on the sideline at HBF Park is Heath Tessman. We've oh, got what him. are you
3: so I'm yeah I'm here no you sound pretty chummy with, with your mates Googs and Merch. Yeah Gugs yeah mate, I Googs and Mertz.
0: yeah we I I met them both last week. So be, <laughs> does, that make, mate, yeah.
3: does, does that make Heath Tessman the
2: Glenn Trimble of uh, Commentary where he only got one game? One, yeah.
3: The Mitchell Chapman.
2: <laughs> the Mitchell Chapman of Commentary, yeah. Um, the one game wonder, Heath Tessman, you're gone. All Go of a sudden they bo- yeah, the stand budget's been loosened up and these blokes are flying, flying around Australia. Mal, yeah. I, saw,
0: I saw Heath Testman's contract demands and the, the amount of zeros he had on the back of his contract.
3: Hey, <laughs> oh yeah. frightening. <laughs> on the back of it. They're all in front of they're all in front of the decimal point, unfortunately. So looking to and discussing
0: last week, uh, the match around on Saturday evening on channel nine and stand the force had their best start in years out to a, a 10-nil lead. Took the pedal off at halftime. Tas hit the lead before the fans from both sides were left, pulling the hair out as the force escaped with the one point win. Domingo Miotti kicking a penalty goal four minutes after the siren for a 31 points to the 30 win. Couple of things for me. Uh six minutes to go, penalty 52 meters out. It always seemed beyond him. Would you have called that or gone
3: for the line out? Yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was a bit a bit of a stretch, but if if you're the captain out there and your kick comes up and says I can have this, you, you back him. You don't you know you're not going to say come on mate, you're short. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've seen yeah. the kicker training, buddy. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not them that well. Yeah, but I, I was say- surprised because Ian Pryor was on the field at the time, and and Ian has got range. Um, yeah. So that was that was interesting that Miotti chose to do it, and he was uh, he was well short. Mate, it was miles he, out. he, yeah. he under club big time. <laughs> man. Oh, I think he hit it with his ankle. <laughs>
0: And yeah. then Tesman, fifteen seconds left in the game, sixty meters out from your own line. Oh, right. yeah. You're throwing the ball in. Where do you throw it?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you call a double or a triple slip and throw it straight to the back, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a nice fresh hooker on there. Who's, you know, he's um he's not not the most he's not the most consistent thrower um through this year's Super comp Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> You love that they back themselves to do it, but you just – you've got to – What what were they backing
0: backing themselves to do?
3: I don't know. Maybe they were going for a bonus point try to get us out of the bonus point contest. I'm not sure. I don't know what they were thinking. But, um, yeah, that back ball, jeez. Worst case
2: scenario, even if you lose it too, you're still... <clears throat> 60 metres out. You're still 60 <laughs> metres out in the five metre channel. And five metres away from the sideline, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Let's give so, it to him in the middle of the field on the front foot. That was just... Oh, that was, oh dear. That but that, didn't that just tell the
2: tale of the Waratahs season, though, where you go, yep. you finally got the opportunity to win the game, guys, you'd find a way to lose it. You yep. know, it's it's just breathtaking. And... it. The funny one for me was the way that that penalty to the Waratahs was given. It was just some out-of-the-pocket penalty in the midfield to the Waratahs that some Western Force player being offside. Yes. Um, and you're going, where's that come from? And then the complete opposite happens two minutes later where the Waratahs are pinged for offside and I – I, for the life of me, have got no idea who was offside who was and where. I've
3: no. watched
2: it a couple of times. <laughs> and I'm straight. going, to pick it up. There's no player offside. What, what are they talking about? And so, obviously, the touch judge on yeah, that side of the field up. was yeah. Graham Cooper, the WA oh, referee. Oh, so, <laughs> but, but he was the same touchy that gave the Waratahs the penalty earlier on. So, whether or not the crowd was just into him and saying, offside, offside, <laughs> he went, yeah, all right, offside. Yeah,
0: give us something.
2: Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, um, there was no yeah, there was really no number finish. was
3: there.
2: Yeah, but um but uh, you know for mine I thought uh, Kane Koteca was uh, had one of his best games. I thought yeah. he was really, really good. And I also thought big big kudos to Kyle Godwin. Um he worked his butt off that whole match yeah. um as well as the captaincy responsibilities. Um and I thought he was also outstanding. Um, it, those, two, he, those, those Western, two of my picks.
0: Is he the Western Forces most successful skipper? He's a hundred percent. Two from two. He's got to hand the <laughs> armband back
3: now. Yeah. <laughs> can can it only up. go down. Wrap it
0: up. But no, he's he was he been great since he's come back. And, and you can just see, uh, you know, look, we'll talk about the game, but just at the end of it, just the spirit in that team is just fantastic. And, again, they had that song in the shed. They were singing Robbie Williams' Angels in the end. And just all – they're all into it. Like as a, there's such a good feeling in that camp at the moment. And it, it's just great to see. And you could just see Kyle at the end of it, just how – how excited he was to be part of what's going on at the moment.
2: Yeah, and it was interesting. Marcel Bracky leading the way with the song. He was dancing around he's the he's He fully kitted, fully kitted up too. Up. And he wasn't even in the twenty-three. Yep. Um, and I noted he didn't play for Cotterslow on the weekend either. So maybe, uh, maybe that was. Uh,
3: He's those well they, the they extra mans go up to 24, 25th, 26th man, I think. even. But he's great. He's, he like was, one
2: of, he's like
0: one of those kids that, you know, goes shopping in all his footy gear in the under sevens. Like he's just yeah. always in his gear ready to go. I love it. He's great. He yeah. brings well, something to that
3: team. I used to want to wear all my gear to the games just in case they needed a reserve. <laughs> even when I was 10 or 12, maybe yep. they'll call someone out of the crowd. I should take my boots. Exactly.
0: No, it's great. And so what do you think of the game overall? Obviously, terrific result, but sort of the – you know, 80 minutes preceding the magic. It was a
3: great game to watch, but it's, it, I don't know, I really, I don't think it should have been that close. It's great that we won that close tight four match and it's going to give so much confidence uh, to the group going in against the Reds, like stringing those two wins back together, good tight wins, being able to wrestle them. But I just, it should have been a little bit more comfortable than that, in my, in my opinion.
0: From, from our from our point of view, like the from our of point of it.
3: view, yeah, and the tars you know they've got nothing to lose, they're going to throw everything at it i mean they they were still going into that last weekend. there were a mathematical chance of making the finals, and yeah, you can get your abacus out and and draw it all up and figure it out, but they were never making the finals, but they were they were able to come out there, throw all they wanted to into it, which they did, but yeah, I think just some some uh I don't know if it was just a little mental lapse from a few of our guys in that that first half and the beginning of that second half, beginning especially the second when the half, tars, yeah. the tars strung, you know, two really pretty soft tries back to back with each other, um, and we we're able to knuckle down and, and drag ourselves back through the end of it and get that win. But yeah, it, against you know going into if we want to play the next three games, you know, we mm. won't be able to have those lapses. Mm. That yeah. was a big. And that for- was a big one.
2: And for me, Mickey, yeah, I agree with Heath There's a moment in that game where you go, oh, the force have completely took the gas here and the Waratahs, you know, that that could have really, they could have really run away with it. And there were some really disappointing sort of areas of the game in the midfield in particular where I thought we just completely switched off um, in that 13 channel. Um, and the other big glaring thing was, to me, was the amount of possession and field position the force had hmm. either inside the Waratahs 22 or in their half where yeah. we didn't, quite put them to bed. I mean, we got those early tries, but there were still plenty of other um, really good try scoring opportunities that they really didn't capitalize on. And I thought the Waratah's defense wasn't that great. There was plenty of holes around the place, um, but the, uh, the, the force just really didn't lift up a gear. And if they're going to have any chance come uh, Friday night against the Reds, they've got to be able to find that extra gear. Once they've got over the chalk a couple of times, they've got to be able to lift. Hmm. Um, you know, I thought Miotti is, is good there at 10. The combination between him and Kobelli is certainly um, a lot better now they've had a few games together. But, um,
3: a couple. you know, that's... Hey, couple. <laughs> just a, just just a, a couple? Just a couple of games together. <laughs> a
2: couple of games in Australia together. Um, <laughs> in a blue jumper. Uh, but, yeah, look, it's... But he doesn't take the – like, a lot of Australian tends to take the line a bit more. Maldi doesn't necessarily challenge the line much. No. Um, and if teams do the homework on him, um, they'll slide off him really quickly, which, again, puts pressure on your outside backs or your outside men to uh, close down defence. So, Maldi's going to have to really um, look at his own game and where the pressures are going to come on him.
0: And he kicked a really nice drop goal – sort of in that in that first half, a bit against a run of play, wasn't, wasn't really expected. Towards the, the back end of that game, when they were doing that long sort of 22, 23 phase, were you expecting him to sort of sit back in the pocket and, and have a shot at goal? He just, he never even looked like going back for a drop goal.
2: No, I, I think they needed, they were looking for the penalty, mate. They were, they were playing the Rebels percentage game of getting the penalty in the, in the red zone so they could get the three points from there, I reckon.
0: Which they did because they they didn't again they didn't look like breaking that line in that twenty two phases they they didn't look like they were going to bust it open.
2: No, and even the even the try that Olafia um, scored that was you you kind of had your heart and mouth going. Oh my god, are they actually going to be able to score this one? They've got a three yeah, man yeah, overlap. Are they actually going to finish here? But thankfully they did. But um, for me, it was you know I don't want, you don't want to bag too many guys out, but Olafia for me um, he looked like a scared rabbit. Out there, and really was manhandled a couple of times. Mm. And again, th- there's just those little things that they need. If they can, if they can just be a little bit stronger in a few key areas in that 13 wing channel, uh, a little bit, a bit more methodical and a bit more ruthless with the ability to score tries. I think they really are can go the next the next
3: level.
0: And Tess, good to see a hooker scoring a try that wasn't from the back of a line-out rolling maul. <laughs>
3: well, Eddie, run away. if you go, if you if you're going off the 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 rules for what a mall is. You've got yeah. players from either team, yeah, so that okay. was off a mall. Okay. He just broke away from the, from the mall. Yeah. If he if he, if he, stayed, if he kept the faith, we would, would have probably driven it all the way. Maybe come, that's, But it's it's still come that's a, off a mall. That's uh, a tactic we love to see.
2: Bring back the mini mall. Mm. Bring back yeah. the mini mall tactic. Oh,
3: see, it was great. The game needs more mauling. You heard it here from <laughs> Mitch At least first. when it's moving.
2: And I thought,
0: <laughs> I thought, I thought Jeremy Thrush played like a nineteen-year-old yeah on, he
2: was uh, good too yeah on Saturday I, night. I should have given him a big rap as well, yeah he was excellent the type the type five for the force were great, yeah, and then really Kane Kateko is my next you know he's he's oh, i thought he was oh, awesome Poor he just
3: thrust until he got stepped clean by the tar hooker and rolled over Not on his ankle. ankle yeah literally broke because, an ankle. because he's so, because he's so tall though. He was grabbing at his knee and his calf. And the physios <laughs> come out and they're like, "Mate, what have you done? You've burned your calf." He said, "No, I just can't reach, my I just
0: got to grab something."
3: <laughs> but I thought, I thought, I think the Waratahs,
0: even though people are, have been bagging them, they they do look good, and I, I really like that. Um, I say Parisi, I thought he was terrific oh, on was night. brilliant,
2: really. Yeah, good. He's brutal. He's he's a real combative centre. Like he's a bit hot, cold. Like he probably makes as many errors as he does good things, but but the, the thing we like about him is he's combative. He gets he throws himself in there in D and then when he's got the ball he's looking for blokes to run over the top of. Yep. Um, really so good. which which gives you that front foot front ball. You get through the first tackler or first half tackle, you've all of a sudden you got something to play off.
3: Yeah. Uh, he was real good. He, he was also, the he was the best on the field for me. Yeah I in, remember, in I like all that. honesty. So he's I think like, you know I think
0: that I think they're not far away from, from a from a good win, the Waratahs. And I look, I hope it comes on um when's it gonna be? On Saturday. I think it'll end up being. And also thought and I think that, I've got to make an
3: I've got to make an apology as well for um for not young being Ben at the start. Ben I was gonna just say that was gonna be my question. The, how good was he? Like, I feel tough on Edmund, but Donaldson controlled that game beautifully. Yep. I think rugby.
2: But he was good. But how do we know Tane Edmund can't do well, that? Well I know that's
3: why it's tough on Tane, but yeah.
2: He didn't even get two minutes on the
3: no, weekend. didn't <laughs> He got a uh, flight across <laughs> across the yeah, Got some frequent flyer
0: points, and that's about it. But no, I thought I thought Donaldson was uh, yeah very good. Did control it well, and then the other game, which was on the Sunday, was the Brumbies doing us a favour by beating the Rebels twenty six points to twenty. Um, was that winnable for the Rebels?
2: I don't think so, Mick. I think. Um, it's a typical Rebels game. Like, they've been in most of their games at some point where they could have said, yeah, we could have won that, we could have won that, we could have won that. That was just, you just chalked that one up as another one where yeah. they probably could have won if they'd been a bit more clinical, a bit more disciplined. Um, and for me, the Brumbies are still unconvincing. I'm, I'm yet to see them um, have a convincing win in any of the matches this year. Um, so, for my mind, I think they would have breathed a sigh of relief that they've got a home semifinal. Um, and they've got a bit of breathing space now.
0: So yeah, okay. So you're you're not convinced that that not that they're not the real deal, but they're not as good as they were. Are they no. are they dropping off the pace?
2: No, I just think they're just playing the same old style of footy week in week out. They're not changing up. They're not they're not changing up a gear. They've got no variety in attack. Um, despite um, uh, Dan McKellar. Um, making a few changes, mm. which I thought the the young flanker um, had a pretty good game. Um, Scott, off um, as far as just throwing someone in the deep end in the seven jersey, I thought he was pretty good. Um, young Rory Scott, um, Rob Valentini for mine was a standout. He's doing the grunt work. There. He's been good. For that He's had a good year. He's doing a massive amount of grunt work. Um, He's a big human being too. Yeah, Bailey Kunza was all right in the midfield. Um, Tom Wright really good. He's our Wallaby winger. Um, he'll play on the wing for the Wallabies without a doubt, but um, yeah, it's just they're just so one-dimensional with everything they do, which which is not a bad thing because it's effective and they yep. play to their strengths. But is it going to be enough to knock over the Reds? That's the big
3: question. Yeah, okay, was and it going to be enough to knock over someone come semi-final time as well? Well, they can always have a bad day, can't they, Heath? <laughs>
0: And Trevor Hosea out for two weeks from the Rebels, uh, suspended. He was found guilty of making high contact with an opponent, which was Nick White, and so he'll be out this week. And moving on to this week, Friday night, five forty-five PM at HBF Park, Western Force versus the Reds. Can the Force win and lock up that semi-final spot?
3: Oh, absolutely, they can win. Like we, they, they proved it last weekend. Um, the, the Reds are in you know hot form and you know that they're not gonna they're not gonna be taking this game lightly. But as well with a couple of experienced campaigners back in the in that force team, um, I think they're a chance for a sniff. Really Mitch?
2: surprised, yeah, really surprised Mickey Richard Kahoe not in the starting fifteen this week. Yeah. I thought you know his work around the field and, and working off his wing as an extra center. Was invaluable, and I would have loved to seen him selected at thirteen this week Mm -hmm. um, in place of Tavita. But obviously want um, the Tavita there for his uh, physical presence. But um, the other disappointing one is to put Rob Kearney back in ahead of Jack McGregor as well. I think Jack McGregor hasn't done anything wrong there. He he was man of the match
3: last week, wasn't he? Yep.
2: Yeah, adds a little bit of spark. Adds a little bit of spark. So I'm a little bit disappointed with those two changes. Whereas the Reds, they've strengthened their team this week by by moving Angus Scott-Young to lock um, has has to, allowed for Liam Wright to be in the team. So they're pretty much going to be playing with five back rowers. Yeah. Taking into consideration, Lucan has played back row plenty of times. They're probably going to let the line-out go. I, I would imagine they're not going to try and play too many lineouts against the force. And they're going to be playing a real fast pass, fast-paced mm. attacking game. And they're going to be putting a lot of pressure on the force's breakdown. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're really going to put a lot of pressure through the 10, um, that 10 channel as well. Hunter Pasami back at 13, and uh, Filippo Daganu starting on the wing, uh, and Jock Campbell's um, out of the 23 this week, probably through injury. So um, the, that, that team on paper, for me, for the Reds, is looking really strong, and it's looking fast, and it's looking very combative at the breakdown.
0: Yeah, so the, the two teams just quickly go through them. So the Western Force... Tom Robertson, Fletti Kaitu, who Holmes at the front row. Jeremy Thrush recovering from his rolled ankle to start with Siddileki Tamani, Anstey, Koteka and Brynard, stand at the back row. Cabellian Miotti, the 9'10", Jordan Feller and Tony Pulu in on the wing. Cole Goldwyn and Tavita Kiridrani in the centres. And as you mentioned, Rob Carney at fullback and on the bench, Andrew Reddy, Agnes Wagner, uh, Medrano, Ryan McCauley, Fergus Lee Warner in prior, Richard Kahui and Jack McGregor. So Pulu and Kearney in and Makara and Strawn out. And then for the Reds, it's Fodewaikar, Payanga Amosa and Tupo in the front row. Scott Young and Salakai Loto in the second row. Liam Wright, Fraser McWright and Harry Wilson in the back row. Tate McDermott and James O'Connor, the 9-10. Daugunu and Patira on the wings. Hamie Stewart, hunted by Sami in the middle and Bryce Hegarty at fullback. So by picking uh, Rob Carney, do you think that the force are just going to use his boot and just try and just camp down... Queensland
2: half. Yeah, they'll, they'll use him as a second kicking option there, and and hopefully he can get up and and also be play that second ball playing role as well. Take a bit of pressure off, um, Cole who did a really good job in that in that role last weekend. But but you know you're looking at the um, you don't wanna be kicking too much ball down the throats of court Jordan Patea and Philippe Agnew yeah, yeah. because they do like to run the back and run the ball back, and they run the ball back with some interest. So um, you've got to be really careful where you. are pinpointing and you would be wanting to find touch as much as possible so the force can actually put pressure on that reds line out
0: which then comes back to our line out which was not too bad last week tess
3: no it's definitely improving like it's line out your set piece is always a work in progress every week like you're always looking to bring it up but i do agree with with mitchy there like with us having four well-known jumpers good good strong jumpers Red's really only three recognised jumpers with Scott Young, Salakai Loto, and and then Liam Wright. And, you know, even Liam and and Angus Scott Young not being the tallest bits of timber as well going around out there. I think there's a real opportunity for us to put some pressure on them, both with our line out and, and on their ball as well.
0: And would you care to pick a score?
3: I will care to let... You go first, Mick. <laughs> Mitch? <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Well, the weather's meant to be
2: good on Friday. Yeah, so it should 31 be pretty dry. Yeah, be it should lovely. be a pretty dry nights and early kickoff, 5.45. So I'm expecting maybe a, um, and I, I don't need to be insulting to Western Force fans out there, nor the Western Force, but I'm probably, say, 41-17 to the Reds. Hmm.
0: Okay.
3: I'll go I'll go for I'll go it's a shootout 41 35. Oh we can't score 35 points. I, I we were scoring 41. Oh we're scoring 41. <laughs> All right. So you think the force yeah. will win? I hope the force will win. You hope that yeah, but will
2: they? I just yeah. hope it's a really good game of rugby, I, I, hope that, I hope I rugby's hope rugby's the real winner. Yeah. I hope there's a there's a massive crowd there. They get right behind the boys, and that if well if we see you know seven to eight tries scored across the course of the game yep. I think everyone's going to be going home a happy person yep. uh, regardless of the result because um, you know it's highly likely the force will be playing the Brumbies the next week anyway
0: well the two teams both do like to try and play a pretty expansive game so uh, really for, for those two teams it, it should be a good spectacle as I said, a beautiful night it will be a good crowd and you know if, if you're not going to head out make sure you do head out um, we're trying to get as, or the Western Force are trying to get as many people as possible to HBF Park as they can. It's basically the the grand final. If the Western Force win, they do secure that spot, so it is it is in their own hands. Um, so it's five forty five kickoff, and tickets at Ticketmaster. So if you are going, grab a mate, you know, grab a someone from work, bring them along. As um, Tony Lewis said, he he took a couple of mates who support Swan Districts, and they loved it, so they'll be back. So we want to really want to try and get that. Stadium humming, you know. If we can get fifteen thousand along there on Friday night, it'll be an absolute cracking atmosphere.
3: Yeah, it's the, it's the perfect time for a game on Friday, five forty-five. You knock off early at three, three thirty. When do you knock of quick off, when do you knock off early? Yeah, well, some of us have to work. Mate. Some <laughs> of us have to Working Just to people have the quality of life they deserve. <laughs> exactly, and then on Saturday, just wait, uh, Mick, Mick, have you avoided giving your tips? Oh, I reckon, I reckon to be
0: the Reds by twenty. And I think we might score maybe uh, 11.
3: 31-11.
0: Yeah, roughly. And then on Saturday, the Waratahs against the Rebels. Um, and the Waratahs, they're closing in, I read today, on the franchise's longest losing streak. Uh, their attack, defence and points differential totals are the worst in the team's 28-season history. However, as we said, I think they're, they're not far away from a good win and... It wouldn't surprise me if they run rampant over the Rebels this Saturday. Run yeah, rampant? What's yeah, your definition I'm, of running rampant? I reckon fifteen points. I put on them, which is not exactly running rampant. But for the Waratahs' 15, point of view, that's running rampant. Fifteen points, over a team. We
2: might we might end up with a fifteen to twelve score. <laughs> Four penalty goals for the Rebels. And...
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I think they'll do. I think they'll do all right this weekend. The Waratahs. I, I can feel it in my yep. bones.
2: Yep, I'm I'm backing them in for the win. I reckon the Rebels are shot. Yep. Where are
3: they playing at? Uh, in Sydney. Nah, it doesn't matter. Rebels will still win. You think? Really? Uh, yep. Wow. Better pack. Better bench. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, time will tell. Hey, Testman. So you're gonna you gonna, you gonna put a score on it?
3: Uh, I'll go. It'll be a. It'll be twenty-one eighteen. Oh, tight one to the Rebels. Yep. After the siren.
2: I'll reverse that. I'm going to reverse that score. 21-18 to the Tars.
3: Yeah,
0: okay. Well, Dan Halle not playing. He was training, but he's um, still not out. Still out, which is uh, which is a shame for him. Um, and yes. Yeah, so the, just- the
3: Tars, the Tars need without turning it into a bashing, the Tars need to win this weekend because heading into the Trans-Tasman competition, that that losing streak could be in a lot of trouble.
0: Yes. Yeah. Correct. No, it's time. It's time for the Waratahs, and we hope they get up. I almost wanted to uh, give Jake Gordon a hug last Saturday night. He looked so sad after that game. He was almost in tears. It was, um, it wasn't wasn't pleasant for the Waratahs. Normally we wouldn't mind, but I just think they've they've had a pretty bad run of luck, and I
3: think it's going to come to an end. We Love weekend. an underdog here in Australia, don't we? We, we? we just even when they're playing against their own team. Yeah, we love an underdog. <laughs>
0: So to the mailbag, and after a disastrous fifth place in the Six Nations, the board of the England Rugby Union has come out this week offering Eddie Jones its full support. So how long do we give him?
3: (laughs) That's a kiss of death, right?
2: (laughs) Three months. Three months. (laughs) Three months. I think by the end of – no, I reckon by the end of July, he'll be gone.
3: You reckon
0: he will? Well, I think there'd be a fair bit of pressure so yeah, and apparently the fans are absolutely up in arms that they're that they're coming out saying they're supporting him. But I think
2: surprised yeah. they didn't announce a review.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. And still on coaches, Tim Horan says that unless Dave Vessels, unless the um, Dave Vessels can get the Rebels into the finals, that he should go. Is Tim being a bit harsh, or has Dave had his four years and time to move on?
3: Heath. Oh. Look, mate. If if we were saying this a, a year or two ago, perhaps with the with the squad that he's had previously in some in some years, but even though he's got them he's got them close. Like uh, you, you understand that every team needs success. But I think what is it, he's gone seven and nine the first couple of years there with a pretty all star list. But and then coming into it's 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 tough to gauge when you're just playing in the Super AU comp. Like it's a smaller comp, it's a shorter competition. Um. So there's you know, it's, it's, it's a real sprint. So I I think it's a little bit premature unless, unless they've already made plans and they've got someone in mind and they've, they've got someone lined up, then yeah, sure. They can, they pull the trigger on if they want to do that. But as far as, as far as, you know, Tim just coming out and saying that this is what he thinks. Well, I think it's a bit harsh.
2: We we do that all the time on you.
3: <laughs> so, well, nah, we, yeah, no. When he says it, oh no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But who's listening to us? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's reputable.
2: Oh, um, yeah, but,
0: exactly. But, I always have but, I always have a listen on Thursday morning.
2: Do you? Okay. Yeah, I always tune in. What's he on?
0: No, I tune into us. He oh, listens yeah. to us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, we all love hearing the sound of our own voices. Um, but uh, no, I I think from my perspective on it, is big picture. So look at, you know, obviously there's going to be a change of coaching uh, at the Waratahs. You don't want potentially two new franchises squabbling over hmm. um, the best ne- the next best coach who should be contributing to um, the progression of rugby in Australia at that franchise level. So in my mind, we should be backing Dave Wessels in or encourage the Rebels to keep him on for maybe one more year um, because we know there's some really good – quality Australian coaches overseas at the moment that um, weren't will haven't been able to potentially put their hand up for the Waratahs gig, but would be keen to come back into the system. Um, Simon Cron comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reckon from a big picture thing, we want the best Australian coaches coaching our Australian franchises. So in my mind, I would say if there's not the quality there to put in place, then don't Go moving the to... chess pieces around. I'd yeah. be waiting for those quality coaches to become available and on the market, and then looking at placing them. Uh, well, you know, going through a process in partnership with those states around getting the best coaches available out there around the world who are Australian who can coach in Australia. That's that's for me really strategic stuff that then could underpin the Wallabies going mm-hmm. into the World Cup, and it also keeps us on the right trajectory uh, for Australian rugby success.
0: Yep, makes a lot of sense. Uh, in other news, my mail is that we won't be having a Bledisloe Cup test in Perth this year. I've heard it. I've heard it will now be played in Melbourne, so uh, it'll be certainly disappointing. But nothing official has been announced. But that's the rumour circulating. I think
2: we had one this year in Perth.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we did in July. It was meant to be July thirty-one.
2: I thought we had the Saffas for some reason. I don't know why. No, no,
0: that. July thirty-one. It was meant to be, but um, yeah, rumour is it, it might not be here, which would be. Um, be a bit of a shame. And what's the what's the what's the
2: rumor around why?
0: Oh, I think because of the dates all being shuffled around, and, and probably the ground that they had the book the ground booked here maybe the oh, day they wanted it, there might have been an AFL game or something. So, I, yeah, I don't know, but I assume that would be the the only reason is just the oh, ground wasn't available.
3: So, no test matches. Uh, quite well, do possibly. We get-
0: oh, we might get we might look well, we might get a South African one. Have swap yeah.
3: Us. <laughs> yeah, they might they might. <laughs>
0: We well, might be a chance against Afghanistan. And then just before we move into the um, club scene, um, just a bit of news, Jake, Jake Bust from Perth Bayswater, he's set to play his 150th Premier Grade game this weekend, which is a great achievement. Started in the under six. Under six is for Perth Bayswater back in 1997, and he's worked his way through juniors and colts and then made his uh, A-grade or Premier Grade debut in 2009. So 150 games for the big man this weekend. Great achievement.
2: Yeah, how good's that? There's awesome. been a few big milestones. I've noticed there's a few big milestones around the place of late. Nathan Roberts, I think. Big Nato. He way. became
3: our most capped first grader last week, 177 games of first grade. Well, wow. And that's with him being away and being a FIFA worker for the last four or five years as Huge. well. So it's if he was bad. here the whole time, he'd be well over the double ton.
0: Yeah, that's a great result.
2: And Mitch, in clubland. Oh, Clubland! What can I say? Um, we might start with uh, Heath to give us a, a bit of a rundown of Nettie's performance last weekend while I bring my notes up.
3: <laughs> Did you score Look, a try, Tess? Oh, no. Right. Spent most of the day on the sideline. When I say most of the day, I mean all of the day right. on the sideline, <laughs> helping out the coach there with the clipboard. Um, it was a... Uh, it was, no, it was a good, good hard-fought game. Basie came out and really, really stirred our boys up and got under the skin and, and unsettled us a bit. And it, it took us a little, bit, a little while for the uh, Gears to click in. So it was, a, it was a good tight arm wrestle. I think we ended up scoring a couple of tries and getting away from a little bit towards the end. But um, for most of that game, it was, it was a toss of the coin either way. A big shout-out to Johan Bardul as well, the loudest first-grade coach I've ever heard coaching on the sideline for Basie, encouraging his players on down there. Good to see him helping out for them as well.
2: Yeah. Johan.
3: And again, it's that's,
0: that's great for like for someone like Johan, like played at the force and then now he's back down coaching at club rugby. It's great. That's I think for me, what the one thing the Western force has lacked in the past that seems to be hopefully spinning around is, is getting these guys to stick around. And, it, and we talk about that at that academy, getting these young guys across. It's getting them here for – you know, not for one or two years, it's getting me for 10 years.
2: Yeah. You know, Luke Doherty's a good example. Of yeah, that. He's, absolutely. He's put back in with coaching. Um, yep. Some bloke called Heath Tessman's contributing oh, on it. Let's and be, off the let's field, be just way, let's now. be
3: serious. Dog, a coach, he's a director of rugby. That's, <laughs> you know, he's got all the same, no responsibility. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And uh, yeah, Johan being uh, involved at Perth Bayswater is fantastic. So um, the rest of the games, Mickey, West Scarborough Boars had a, a big win over Southern Lions 44-17. Um, the West unit there seemed to be really clicking. The, um, got some young players back who played some juniors for West and they've got a good core group there they've had for a couple of years. So West are looking the goods early on um, for maybe a top four finish. Uh, the Wanneroo Roo Dogs bounced back from their um, first round controversial defeat to the Southern Lions, 60-5 um, over the Coastal Cavaliers. And the Cavaliers might be in for a bit of a long season um, this year, I'm feeling. Um, the other big one, which was the match the round, was Arcs taking on your Curtain Uni Goats. The Goats. Kid. It was a triathlon, 53-31. Oh, um, Really? Yeah, both those teams are probably predicted to be in the bottom four of the competition. Um, so there wasn't much tackling going on in that they game. They could score some tries. That would have been the crowds uh, back. That would have been entertaining, though. The Curtain boys would love loved getting over the line there. Um, big upset from the weekend was the Kalamunda Bulls getting over Pally at uh, Hartfield Park, home okay. of the Bulls, 17-15. So everyone was talking Pally up pre-season. They had a big win over Soaks and have come crashing back. Um, being out-muscled by the Kalamunda Bulls. But Pally get to take revenge out this week as they defend the Big Cup at home against Netherlands this weekend, which is uh, probably the pick of the games coming up. But in other rounds, in other games, UWA Prems had a massive win over the Cottesloe, who have gone none from two early on in the piece, the reigning premiers. Uni getting up 50-17 to 17 and absolutely smashing yeah. them in the first half, 38-0 halftime. Oh, really? Took the gas, the students, um, but uh, yeah, they're off to a flying start as well. And um, Junalup up uh, redeemed themselves after a poor showing the week before by getting up over Soaks 32 24. So Soaks also none and two to start the season. So um, the table at the moment is looking a little bit misleading, but games this weekend, Associates paying ARCs. They shouldn't have too much trouble against ARCs, they should get a win up there. Uh, the West Scarborough boys taking on Perth Bayswater. That might be closer than what people think. Um, Curtin taking on Kalamunda. I don't think the Bulls will have too much problem with the goats there. The Coastal Cavaliers will be hosting Cottesloe down at Lark Hill. Um, Cottesloe expected to bounce back from their none and 2, pick up their first win of the season. Pally v. Nedlands at Pally. Pally always real hard to beat at the Tompkins mm. Park there. And uh, I think it's the Gary Mickle Cup. Is also up for grabs, as well as the Rugby WA Big Cup, which is being defended by Pally this weekend. Um, but i oh, I reckon Pally will just just hold on there. But Nettie's could, you know, if there's a couple of key players playing from them, they if might they bring the super sub launch, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what team they name.
0: The bomb squad, Heath Testman from the so Bomb Squad. <laughs> we'll
2: have to see what happens there. UWA is hosting Wanneroo Roo Dogs at the library. Um, that should be a pretty good game. But I imagine the students are um, third home game in a row for them. So they're on a bit of a roll. We'll go down and have a look at that on a Saturday afternoon, I reckon, Mick. Yeah. Um, Joondalup defending against Southern Lions. I'd imagine the brothers they seem to have bounced back from that first round upsets. So um, they should be our count for Southern Lions on Saturday, I'd imagine. So, yeah, some good games all around WA this weekend. And here's a
0: question for you. Both. Is there much is there much money being thrown around at players in club rugby in Perth?
2: Nah. There's a couple of rumors floating around about certain players at certain clubs getting a, a bit of a clip. Um, but you know, from from my experience and knowledge, there's always been the odd player that gets their airfare paid if they've come from interstate or overseas. Yep. Which is fine. To- Couple of weeks of accommodation to get themselves set up. They might be given a couple of contacts to get a job. Yep. Um, we know that um, UWA have got a very strong alumni friends group, which helps young kids out with universities to help yep. offset help education some books costs. Books and things. Yep. Um, which isn't a substantial amount of money. It's it's a contribution towards the costs of studying and what have you. And that's they raise money for that. Um, Netties have always paid players. We know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Cotter's I rumored to have forked out thousands of thousands of dollars for guys, but it, it's it's rumors and a lot of it's unsubstantiated. Um, and it's pretty much you know the normal sort of stuff. There's there's the odd bit of money that goes towards coaches to offset some of their their out of pocket costs and travel and all that sort of stuff for coaches, which I don't mind. Um, coaches put in a lot of hours. Yeah, off the I don't problem with that. Yep. Um, but what do, we've got to be careful we don't send club rugby broke and we start going down that road of paying players because it's the standard of competition here doesn't warrant it, and that's just me being straight out and honest. Yeah. We've got 14 premier clubs at the moment, which is too many, um, and the standard of competition it needs to be a lot higher to yeah. justify any sort of payment. Yeah,
0: yeah. Room. No, because I've just... Yeah, just some of the rumours floating around about people being paid, I just think that's just... It's just... Uh, yeah, you, I mean the standards not there, but you don't want to send. I don't know how these clubs could afford the amounts being thrown around. How the club can afford it, and then surely that's going to create dramas within the club. but you've got some blokes getting paid and some blokes not getting paid, that's not exactly going to create the greatest culture floating around. So I don't know what sort of money you're on test down at down at Medlands, but you know they might all be getting the same down there. But it's uh, I just don't think there's a place for it. I have no drama with people getting a hand with jobs and things, but. I think once you start paying and there's a an imbalance dynamic comp makes it pretty tricky.
3: I, I I get I buy five beers, I get my six beer free. <laughs> do you, do you get one of those
0: little cards, they clip it every time you go up.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Punch it
2: out.
0: Uh, very good. Um any other news floating around before we wrap it up?
2: Oh, one look, little Mick, um, oh, yeah. Oh, you go, go for it, Heath. No, you go. Give us oh, a bit just, of a Brisbane. I had a question for too,
3: Yep. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get back onto, just back into the mailbag more so, okay? Yep. So I'm reading online yep. that the Western Force playing in their Anzac jersey.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: They're up to their fifth jersey that they've played <laughs> <in> this year. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Including I know it- the preseason cop they had against the Brumbies. That was the one-off one as
0: well. Wow. I know it is an Anzac round. And I did hear. What are your thoughts on this? (laughs) I am completely against it. I I think you know, ANZAC. The ANZAC round is a great idea, and I have got the utmost respect for our servicemen and women. But we don't need another jersey. Wearing wearing a jersey isn't going to make them more or less respectful of, of the ANZACS and our service people. It's just. Yeah, I'm not sure why they do it. There's other ways they could have done it. I, you know, I'd like to think that they're not going to be selling them, sort of on the on the day as a as a oh, fundraising gosh. thing. I'm
3: sure they're not going to be making trying to make money.
0: No, so it's um yeah, I I just don't think it's it's not it's not necessary. It's
2: not necessary. Are
0: all the other club are all the other clubs doing special jerseys this weekend?
2: Well, it's a special Anzac. It's round. An Anzac so, round. Anzac round. Yeah, there will be there, there will be various renditions, I, I would imagine. But yeah, it's I haven't kept track of who's changed the jersey. The, the, I must say the one that the force have done, there's a very subtle subtle. subtle difference. Very yeah. subtle. Yeah, yeah. You have so you to look closely all... to see see where the differences are, you know. Yeah. So, so um, but yeah, I did see that we've changed the jersey, which I saw some of the um as, the Arch- as we know yeah. the stats say change the Arch- jersey, <laughs> you lose the game. <laughs>
0: The Argentinians yes. last week, I reckon, would have thought they were playing Argentina in the Force. Yeah, Force guys. That
2: was the, in the hoops, the sky blue hoops. Orotas, yeah,
0: or at Argentinian jerseys. Mm. Um, yes. Other so, rugby.
2: Yeah. So Kiwis, Kiwis. Oh, Kiwis were terrific games again on the weekend, Mickey. Um, the Chiefs upset the Crusaders. So Crusaders I have lost that, two yeah. in a row. Yeah, yeah, unheard of. And the Chiefs just played out of their heads. Um, Brad Weber and um, Damian McKenzie were carving up. It was a really entertaining game. And the Highlanders uh, overcame the Blues in what was also an awesome game on the Friday night. So the ladder, the middle of the ladder in the Super Rugby ATRO is getting really congested with the Chiefs, the Blues, and the Highlanders all fighting out for that second spot. They're still, the Crusaders have still got a little bit of breathing space and will probably just fall over the line. But um, it's anyone's; uh, anyone can get that second spot, and it's up for grabs, which is really interesting. I'm assuming um, we're
0: both comps at the same both comps at the same level.
2: Are they? Uh, the Super Rugby a is one week behind us. A Week behind but us. They do it. They only do a top two, I think, from memory. Um, they just run out first v second. They don't do a semi-final. Okay. So Quite their enough. their final is on Saturday, May eighth, and our final is on oh the same day. So oh, that's yeah, where they the catch first, back up.
0: The first Trans-Tasman on the fifteenth.
2: Yeah, because the, they, the they catch week. back, they catch back up by not having yeah. a semi-final. Um, so that that's going to be interesting uh finish to that. Major League Rugby power is on mate. Uh, catch the odd game of that. There was uh, a couple of blowout scores. Nola Gold Heath only he just fell over the line against the uh, the the uh, Free Jacks 30-29. Boys went down. Yeah, the Giltinis <laughs> are rocketing on. They got a couple of, they got a bit of a scare from the Houston SaberCats then only uh, just got away at the death 48-35. Uh, the Gilgronies, my guys just fell over the line against Atlanta, 17-15. Um, DC Old Glory. That's me. me. That's, your guys, that's yep. your guys. They just went down to the, uh, the New three York in a row. team. Three in a row. I
0: think. Yeah, have they won struggling.
2: yet? They're struggling. Old Glory. I don't think they have. No, uh, I don't to think they have to bring up yet. the ladder to see who's on the jersey's ladder. Jersey's great, though. Great jerseys. The great jerseys, yeah, Captain America. Captain America, Captain America, Captain Love America jerseys. <laughs> Love them. Just can't play And free. who's your? My, who's, you've got Nola Gold, haven't you, Heath?
3: <laughs> I'm the free jacks, humble,
2: humble, <laughs> yeah, well, hard free jacks. You lost, yeah, yeah you I lost. Know. Um, Japanese top league. That was the first uh, week of playoffs over in Japan, mate. So that was that was interesting. I watched the uh, the Coca Cola Red Sparks because I wanted to watch young Brodie McCaskill from Wests oh, yes. run around. Yeah, um, they they went down on the bell to Mitsubishi Dinobores, So. They're pretty much done and dusted now, the Coca-Cola guys. And yep. the dinobores now have to go on and play against one of the top teams, I think, this weekend. So I
3: was gonna say the dinabores aren't gonna be looking forward to
2: that. I? <laughs> yeah, I think they play <laughs> Sontori or um um Kubota or one of those ones now. So but um yeah, so that's like narrowing down week by week, it'll slowly yep. whittle down to the champion into the champion. Shoot shield. Um News over there, Gordon won again, of course, which is right. good. Juggerna- right. The Highlander juggernaut Continues on. on, yep. Um, but what, what was the biggest comeback of ever after being trounced by nearly 80 points the week before, Manly Marlins bounced back and beat Easts
3: 24-22. Oh, really?
2: So one of the greatest turnarounds. After the buzzer on
3: Ladies' Day down there at Willow. Wow. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, one of the greatest turnarounds of all stating. time, Manly coming. That's coming amazing. back to uh, win the next week against East Beast, um who were pretty, uh, who would fancy themselves as the top four. Jeez. So yeah, so that's pretty good. And um, yeah, so the, lots of, of our punters are sharing results from other um, competitions around yeah, the place. Yeah the, yeah, the Canberra comp kicked off last weekend. Um, the Melbourne comps kicked off. The South Australia the results have come in. Nigel Peters has shared those. So yep. we're getting results from all over the place. And I believe mm-hmm. even up in the Northern Territory, they're running a uh, Anzac Day rugby game this weekend.
3: Um, so great,
0: right. Brizzy, brizzy more, comp as well though.
3: A lot of good results there, some surprising, some not surprising. Jeeps accounted for north, no problems. East going down to Bond convincingly yeah, down God there at it. the uh, down there in the canal down on the Gold Coast. Uh, the heavies heavies getting up not convincingly, but yeah, a, a, a wily South team. And the big, big news was the West doggies getting up over the filth over Brothers at, at Crosby Park, winning at home. Wow, or beating the beating the Brothers at home—that's the awful. filth down again. I think the West boys are still on the lash.
0: Have the filth yeah, won, won a game about, yet? Or they <laughs> that's two, just two.
3: two for Brothers? It's zero oh, wow. 2 yeah. love
2: to hear. it. Long season, and um, the interesting bit of gossip from that game is that West were able to field a fully strength full strength Super Rugby backline just about with the combination of. Wow. The, uh, the I think they had three players come up from the Rebels to play for them, as well as their uh, Queensland Sister Reds Robbie's players. There. So they yep. they had a handful of players, and in particular, one player to watch, which I think we've mentioned before, Carter Carter Gordon, the young number ten from yep. Brisbane, who's currently with the Rebels outfit, um, had a big game. So um, a, a young ten to watch. Excellent. When uh, when he gets his opportunities.
0: Beautiful. All right. Well, that's uh, that was good. It was good to catch up with Tony Lewis. Just a reminder, if you've got nothing, if you do have something on Friday night, cancel it and get yourself out to HBF Park, 5.45pm kickoff, the Western Force. Want to get as many people as they can out there to watch the Western Force up against the Reds and hopefully lock up their first ever semi semifinal uh, position, which would be fantastic. So, Mitch, always good to catch up. Thanks for uh, all the wraps. It's been good.
2: Yes, mate. Yep. Uh, hopefully get there Friday night to help with you. For- while you're on the sideline,
0: that'd be good. And Tess, uh, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Boys, pleasure, gents. And good luck uh, on Saturday, Tess. Good luck Get Saturday. You and some game time. Yeah, Me maybe. too. So do the fans. <laughs> and if you've got any any feedback uh, on uh, the Rugby Wrap Facebook page or Twitter at rugby underscore wrap. But again, thanks for your company, and we'll catch you next time on the Rugby Wrap.